Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nhte.net. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and TuneIn Radio. Lots of great guests on Now Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me on location here in Orlando, Florida, my guest is a singer-songwriter who also performs in the shows at Mango's Tropical Cafe here. She did an EP in 2015 and has also released four mixtapes. Her background includes having performed in Carnegie Hall in New York City, as well as having sung alongside Michael Crawford of Phantom of the Opera fame. Her talents even extend to being a vocal producer and engineer. You've been hearing a song of hers entitled My Love. It's my pleasure to welcome to now hear this entertainment, Ms. Tina Perez. Hi, Bruce. How are you? Great. <laughs> Tina, thank you ever so much for doing this today. No problem. No problem. I'm those excited. That, those that listen to this show regularly know that we always start off by having the guest talk about the song of theirs that we played during the intro. So in this case, tell the listeners all about your song, My Love. So... Um, I was actually in my apartment. I recorded my apartment. I had my own studio in my apartment. And I was looking for a different, I guess like a a different lane to turn my music into. So I was very, uh, I'm going to say very R&B-ish. And I need to go more mainstream. At least I felt like I need to go more mainstream. And so I came across the beat for my love. And once I heard it, I was like, oh, this is a hit. This is a banger. Like, I need to write to this beat. And I wrote it in about like 45 minutes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> is that, is, should I be reacting that way? Do, is that, <laughs> did it even surprise you to write it that quickly? Um, not, not really. I write my songs very fast, but um, the recording process for me was very quick. Like I already knew how I wanted it to sound in my head. So after I was done writing it, I just went and recorded it. It took me about like two and a half hours. So, so the real challenge. It was was done in a day. (laughs) The real challenge was the lyrics, or was it just kind of what the concept of the lyrics would be, or or maybe both? I think it was the concept, but once I got the flow, it just smooth sailing. I was like, oh, yeah, this sounds great. And when I get happy about something that I'm writing, I just don't stop. Well, and that's good because, as I said on last week's episode, I was interviewing Kat Ridgway. Uh, She's a singer-songwriter in the Orlando area, and we said that, you know, songwriters tend to be so hypercritical of themselves that they write and then they do a rewrite and then they do another rewrite and you have to be so happy with it that you go you know what this is great i don't need a rewrite yeah a lot of times though i don't like to rewrite because i don't want to think too deeply into it i feel like that's when you start you know double thinking about things you're like oh man maybe this doesn't fit well if i'm flowing i'm not gonna stop i'm just gonna keep going yeah, and it's, I think what you're saying is, if that's what I felt when I wrote it, mm-hmm. then I don't want to undo that emotion yep. that, exactly. that train of thought. And you were saying about you found the beat. I did notice on your Twitter mm-hmm. that, and uh, obviously listeners, as you know, we always give out 
all kinds of social media and all that type of information for the guests. So I will be giving that out as I normally do, but I noticed that on your Twitter you even say uh, for beat submissions and you have an email address. So obviously you're always looking. Always. My email is always flooded. (laughs) I think I'm behind on my emails. (laughs) Is that a good problem to have or is it, That's a great problem to have. Well, the reason that I ask that is because uh, I know there was somebody one time where we were driving in the car and I put a song on and right away she said, turn it off. She said, because I'm kind of trying to you know, create a little bit in my mind, write a song. And she said, I don't want to be influenced. By something else. Right. And so to go through that many emails, it's almost like you can't listen to one right after the other because I don't know. Am I? Um, I guess because I know what I'm looking for mm. in a beat. And production-wise, and, you know, I like different sounding instruments. And so if I listen to something, not for nothing, I give it about maybe 40 seconds into it. And if not, I just go right on to the next one. I don't listen to the entire thing because then that'll happen. You'll get, like, certain melodies stuck in your head, and I'm like, oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, but like you said, you can tell right away, like, this this isn't bad. It's just not what I'm looking for. Exactly. Well, listeners, I'm excited to bring you Tina's music because we haven't spent a ton of time in this genre on this show. Although if you're looking for maybe something related, perhaps check out episode 121 when my guest was Leandro, who is up in Toronto, Canada. Uh, Perhaps maybe even episode 31 with Steve Cherubino, although he leans pretty much EDM, in which case uh, EDM you would also want to hear episode 163 with Peter Tom. Anyhow, Tina, let's fill the listeners in on your background because you're a long way from home, which was New Jersey. Yeah. And at a young age, you did everything, talent shows, festivals, and even the church choir. Yeah. Um, I did my first talent show in fifth grade, and that's when I realized, oh, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Wow. Yep, being on stage, and I was small, you know? I, I didn't really understand what I was getting myself into. And then um, at the age of 13 is when I really started my songwriting and like, but being that young, I feel like you don't really talk about things that yeah, are of any you, interest to anybody. Yeah, what have you done at the age of 13? Exactly, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I feel like that's when I started like working on it. And um, I started doing so many talent shows. Uh, I even tapped into Spanish music. That's when I started doing my festivals. I did like all the Puerto Rican parades, the Dominican parades, New York and New Jersey. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Very and, and one thing, listeners, that I mentioned to Tina before we started recording was that I think it's really cool because when you hear someone in their formative years performing at things like talent shows and festivals and, and you know, the church choir, although that's not related to my point, <laughs> but, but that you were doing your original music yes. at the festivals. Yep. It was all original music. Um, I was actually in a, a reggaeton group. <laughs> that was the music that I was doing, but I was doing it in English. So everything that I wrote, it would be over a Latin beat. And I was the one English singer in the entire group. And wow. so everybody found it amazing. They were like, wow, like we never even like heard something like this. And, and I mean, now you hear it all the time with Despacito, yeah. Justin Bieber and everything. But back then, everybody's like, wow, this is so good. So they just put me on to festivals and I was doing my own music and I had like three or four songs and I just went on. Wow, that's great. Well, see, I like that because, you know, everybody always is looking to have a leg up on, and I'm sorry to use this word because I don't (laughs) like it, but the competition, you know, how can I stand out? And so in that case, it was a case of where you singing in English 
as opposed to normally it's, you know, you go apply for a job somewhere and they go, oh, wow, this person speaks Spanish. That's a bonus. But in this right. case... It's the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so for you, cool. you know, I'm sure it probably did open your eyes to say, wait a minute, I might be able to get some opportunities out of this mm-hmm. that I... I sure did. From uh, doing festivals, like so many people here, he was like thousands and thousands of people. It's insane. And it's probably one of the one times that I've actually performed in front of such a large audience where the festivals. And um, from that, I would just have all these people, you know, coming up to me like, hey, we're interested in working with you and this and this and this. And I was like, all right. But, you know, the Latin, I feel like the Latin lane wasn't where I wanted to go, which is why I stopped doing that kind of music. And I kind of went towards something else. And then when I was about like 17, I met um, up with a guy named Roy Hamilton. So... Well, you know, I admire you because it would be easy for someone, especially at a young age, to get caught up in all these people are approaching me and they're offering me opportunities, but I'm taking my, I'm not wearing one, but I'm taking my <laughs> hat off to you that you decided on your own, this isn't the music that I'm looking to do, right. so I'm going to go in a different direction. And I also wonder, you know, because you did sort of put a time frame on it in terms of what your age was at the time, were you nervous that performing in front of what sounds like they were very big crowds? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, singing in church is one thing, even if the church is packed, but all of a sudden, you know, performing at these festivals. Right. I mean, I feel like performing your own original music in front of people and waiting to see what their reaction is going to be, if it's good, if it's bad. And it's not like you can stop midway through the song if nobody likes you. You got to keep on going. Yeah. So I feel like that scared me more than anything. Because I never really got scared in front of a crowd or an audience. But I their see. reaction I see. to how I'm going to be Yeah, it wasn't necessarily me. the size, just be, just being right. vulnerable and saying, I don't, you know, they don't know this, so they can't sing along. Exactly. So all I can do is watch their facial expressions, watch to see if they're dancing. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow, that's, that's good stuff. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then you wanted professional vocal training, so you auditioned at Charter Tech for the Performing Arts High School. Yeah. Um, I was actually very scared to do that, (laughs) like super scared because I was leaving, you know, my public high school, I was leaving all my friends behind Uh. and then it was just a a decision I had to make for myself. I was like, okay, am I going to leave all my friends behind, leave public high school, leave everything behind and just do what I want to do? And then the high school was actually about 25 minutes from where I lived at the time. It's in Summers Point and I grew up in a Carver Township. So my bus ride alone was like an hour. I remember just to get there and do the audition. And then I had all the teachers in front of me. I have no idea who they were. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, whatever. I'm auditioning for <laughs> school. Like, uh-huh. it was kind of weird to me. I was like, I'm auditioning for school. Yeah. And um, I don't even remember what song I sang. This sounds so bad. I don't even remember what song <laughs> I sang. But I sang. And right away they were like, you're accepted. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even have to like go through any paperwork or anything that day they're like you're accepted just it made the come hour back. bus ride worth <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> for real so were you so were you going an hour one way every day to school yeah on a bus yeah wow wow well go ahead and um i don't want to steal your thunder tell no, the listeners fine. um as a result of of attending charter tech for the performing arts high school i mentioned in the intro two really big opportunities that you had where you performed and and who you sang alongside oh of. yeah so um we had a traveling, I was like traveling choir or a chorus, mm-hmm. and um, we were given a really big opportunity to sing alongside um, 
Alma Crawford at Carnegie Hall. And we had to learn just about every song in Phantom of the Opera. Wow. Just about every single song. And we stood on stage alongside of him while the entire show was happening. <laughs> and we sang with him. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I was going to ask you, you know, because he is who he is, did you have to sing Phantom of the Opera songs? But I thought to myself, well, no, it's just, you know, just who he happened to be. But you're saying, no, yeah. we, we learned. Yeah, we had to learn the show. entire thing. Wow. <laughs> yep. And so this was, you know. A, a, it was It was amazing. Yeah, and a full Carnegie Hall crowd. It was insane. Wow. <laughs> so that was, you know, between between what you were already describing, the festivals you were doing, and then something like that. I mean, tremendous, mm-hmm. valuable training and experience that you got. What's crazy is I didn't even know how amazing that opportunity was until, like, a couple years later. Like, you don't realize stuff like that when you're in high school. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to sing in Carnegie Hall and whatever. You know, yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> Even living, quote unquote, that close. I mean, you were only in New Jersey. It, it wasn't. It still didn't really register with you that wow, this is no. Carnegie Hall. Yeah, not at all, not at all. But that was probably better to make you less nervous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank gosh. <'Cause> now, <laughs> now I know how important Carnegie Hall is, and the fact that I even, I even can say that I sang there. It's tremendous. It's amazing. Well, sure, because there's so, so, so many singers who would love to just sing there once. Mm-hmm. And here you are saying, yeah. I already did it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to do it again, but I already did it. <laughs> right. No, now I'm really like, yo, I would really love to do it again because yeah. now I know how important it is. So talk about really starting into songwriting at age 17. And you mentioned a name before, Roy Hamilton III, if you want to share with the listeners um, who he is, how you met him, that type yeah. of thing. Um, so actually, I was working with uh, Roy Hamilton's uh, younger brother, his name is Raphael, and he did a lot of my production, and we worked out of um, his house basement. That's where his studio was at. And, you know, we just, like, did music here and there. I like working with different producers and everything, and then one day he just goes, you need to work with my brother. And I'm like, well, who's your brother? And he's like, my older brother, Roy Hamilton. He's like, you know, um, he was part of R. Kelly's uh, camp. And music terms I hope everybody knows what what a camp is (laughs) it's like a group of artists and producers and everybody that lives under one house and it's what you represent that's your your group your camp so he worked with R. Kelly and um, he also wrote produced uh, the song Stutter by Joe so with that under his belt and Grammy nominations and I was like, yeah, I want to work with your brother. Like, no offense to you, but yeah, come on. <laughs> of course. So he introduced me to Roy. And Roy's like, all right, like, sing for me. So I sang for him. And he's like, not bad, not bad. He's like, have you ever been through artist development? Like, what else can you do? And I'm like, well, I'm also a songwriter. Wow. And right off the back, he's just like, you're a songwriter. I'm like, yeah. He stuck me in a room for about five, six hours. Gave me a beat. I couldn't even choose the beat. He gave me the beat. And goes, I want to see what you can do. Go. Wow. And I wrote a song, recorded a song to the beat that he gave me within like five, six hours. And at the end, he came and he's like, you're kidding me, right? And I'm like, no. (laughs) He's like, you're amazing. And I was like, oh, cool. He's like, I'll see you tomorrow. And I became part of his camp. Wow. Mm -hmm. What a great story. I, I, I love all, I mean, this is, you have so much, this, Because you, you, you had all these terrific opportunities to get this really valuable experience and training yeah. and something like that and, and, and to come through, you know, because some people would yeah. sit there and just totally lose it and just the paper would be blank after five hours. 
it was almost me. <laughs> that was almost me. And I was like, you know what? I can do this. I got this. Good for you. I love that confidence. You That's have good. to, man. Um, listeners, go back. Uh, she mentioned R. Kelly. Go back and listen to episode 174. Uh, my guest was Mark Ensign, someone who I really only brought on for his inspirational story. Uh, he grew up in New Jersey. He went uh, went away to school at Berkeley College of Music and afterwards um, went and worked on a cruise ship for like a year and a half. And then he moved back home with mom in New <laughs> Jersey and made up his mind he wanted to make it on Broadway. He's a bass player. Um, and tells a really, really inspirational story. Listeners, if you are down in the dumps right now, if you think you can't try to strive for your goals in your career, listen to Mark's story because it's really inspirational. But then he he also tells this really cool story about R. Kelly. So I'll just leave you with that, (laughs) uh, episode 174. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me on location today here in Orlando, Florida, is singer, songwriter, Ms. Tina Perez. You can find her music on SoundCloud, as well as by checking out her Reverb Nation page. Plus, of course, she is very active on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and her YouTube channel, which, wow, has more than 4,300 subscribers. Amazing. Uh, This show, if you want to indirectly support this show, anything at all that you buy from Amazon, doesn't matter what it is, just start by going to nhte.net and click on the tall Amazon banner to get there. It will, even if you click on the tall Amazon banner at nhte.net, it will open up the app if that's how you do your shopping from Amazon. If you want to contribute directly to this show, we have a Patreon campaign. It's patreon.com slash nhte or just go to nhte.net and click on the tall Amazon banner. It is right next to the button, or excuse me, click on the Patreon button. It is right next to the button for the Facebook group that we have for this show. It's called NHTE Listeners. If you want to just search on Facebook for it instead. Questions, comments, anything about the show that you want to write in, the email address is podcast at nhte.net. And make sure that when you go to nhte.net, you sign up for the e-newsletter And don't forget that you don't have to sit in front of your computer to listen to this show. There are icons there that you can go to different platforms to take it with you on the go. iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and TuneIn Radio. And please do subscribe and tell a friend. Our social media is Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. There are icons for all of those at nhte.net. So, Tina, we were talking about all that you were doing up in New Jersey. What yeah. brought you down to Florida and, and I guess, um, even Orlando specifically? I've always loved Florida. Like, I don't know. I've, How could you not? <laughs> sunshine State, right? <laughs> but um, me and my dad always came to Orlando every single year. Vacation, every year. Wow. They could ask me where I ever wanted to go. Let's go to Disney. Let's go to Disney. Let's go to Disney. Wow. But it's crazy. I never realized how big the entertainment is out here. It's probably number one, probably up next to Vegas, right? Could be. Could be. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I decided to move out here. I did a spontaneous audition with my mother about two years before I even moved out here. And it was an audition for Mangoes. Ah, okay. Okay, wow. And so... um you knew about mangoes from coming down here, or no? I knew about mangoes from their South Beach um, venue. Oh, okay, okay. So they have a they have a South Beach venue, and I walk in there with my friends. We're on little girls' vacay, and we go in there, and I'm like, whoa! I watched maybe like one minute of one of the shows, and I was like, 
how do I do this? Like, wow. how do I become part of this? I felt like Christina Aguilera in the movie Burlesque. Well, that's, let me, <laughs> that's how I felt. Good, yeah, that's a great comparison. That's a great yeah. movie. So I've been referring to you as a singer-songwriter. Do you also, should I apologize to you, do you also consider yourself a dancer? Um, not so much a dancer, more performer, like a performer. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm, I'm glad that, that we're, this, this has just happened uh, organically. <laughs> Listeners, we didn't set this up in advance, but um, I was going to start to ask Tina about mangoes. Um, and, and keeping in mind, of course, that there are people who are listening that have no idea what we're talking about. They don't know yeah. what mangoes is. Um, just... If you would describe the shows at Mangoes to the listeners, because folks, these are very elaborate productions. It's it's exactly what you would expect when you vacation in you know what I might call the Greater Disney area. So describe yeah. for the folks what um, what the Mango shows are. Mangoes Tropical Cafe is a restaurant slash nightclub slash uh, I guess like a show Entertain- venue. Enter- yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a dinner and show. So um, we did anything from like belly dancing shows to shows to make you feel like you're in Mexico, shows that make you feel like you're in Spain. Um, they have Michael Jackson tribute shows. They have Jabberwocky tribute shows. And T- these tell are all the listeners how big my smile got when you said Michael, <laughs> Michael Jackson because I love huge. him. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm still so sad that he's gone, but go yeah. ahead. Um, yeah, we do. It's, it's amazing. But I asked so, you if you consider so yourself a dancer because because there is some choreography to it. Yeah. So yes. So um, okay. Well, let's yeah. let's. I could do a step or two. You know, <laughs> I don't got two left feet, <laughs> but I wouldn't consider myself a full-on dancer. But if I have to, that's part of the performance. I'll do it. So was there ever any dance training or any call for dancing in your background, say before you moved to Florida? Um, my mom was a Latin instructor so I learned you know salsa cha-cha rumba things like that I can waltz a little bit but for what I feel we do at mangoes it's like hip-hop and samba and you know Brazilian dancing you got to do this you got to do that how it took me like a week or two that's like some serious movement right there Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is, are you stuck for a social media post? Spend some time online looking to see what dates are designated for a specific day such as Record Store Day, or even just Social Media Day, which just took place on June 30th. Or look up when the Grammys are, or the CMAs, and so on. Then tie in a post the day of, or the day after, to those ceremonies. Get a little creative, and think and plan ahead, so that you don't have to have an empty day or days as far as keeping posts up on social media. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. How about that? Helpful? There are a whole bunch of tips just like that over all the prior episodes of this show. To make it easy for the listeners out there who are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers to get the tips in one concise format, there is a Bruce's Bonus Book Volume 1, Volume 2, and Volume 3 for purchase in ebook format, giving you all the tips from episodes 1 to 40, 41 to 80, and 81 to 120, respectively. Just go to 
www.brucesbonusbook.com for online ordering and instant delivery. Tina, take us behind the scenes of the shows at Mangoes, the stuff that the audience never gets to see. For openers, are there rehearsals? Yes. And, and if so, how often? Um, we had rehearsals twice a week. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. And we'd learn about 10 songs a week. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Imagine oh cramming lyrics, dance moves, songs, like everything, 10 songs a week. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting that at all. I, yeah. I, I was almost preparing myself for you to say, no, there's no rehearsals. We do the show enough that we know it. So, wow, that's very no. impressive. Yeah. And, and listeners, it's always that gives something you, new. Yeah, that gives you an idea of, of how elaborate these shows are. How many costume changes do you do in one show or maybe... How many different costumes might you have to wear, say, from one night to the next? Because you have to move around a lot on stage, as you're describing. Yeah. So they have to be flexible and lightweight. Yes. Yet some of them look pretty involved. How, how easy um, or difficult is it to not only get in and out of those, but like how early do you have to get dressed? How long did it take you to get used to the costumes when you first started? All that kind of stuff. Man, really good questions. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we had an hour before showtime. And that's where, um, you know, we try to come to work already made up. So your makeup's already done, your hair's already done. But of course, you get there and you're like, okay, I need more of this, I need more of this. Um, You'd have to change into your costume. And for the singers, female singers at least, um, everything has to be lightweight, no pants, because the lights are so hot, you'll start dripping sweat so fast. Yeah, and then, um, so we'd usually be in shorts and... Uh, you always have to wear stockings just in case, you know, for costume mishaps or anything that's happened, you always have undergarments on. You, so you mm-hmm. have your stockings and then um, your top would be basically a bra. <laughs> it's a bra or bralette. Mm-hmm. Shirts are too heavy. You know, long sleeves is out of the question. Wow. So you want something like a tank top. And uh, everything... When I say everything, <laughs> everything has sparkle. Mangoes <laughs> is about sparkle and glitz and glamour and bling bling. But so what about some of the costumes that are real big feathery? Dancer kind costumes. Of, oh, those are, okay, yeah. so, so there's, so there's oh, yeah, a big there's, difference there's, in the costumes between singers and dancers. Yes, okay. so we have female singers, male singers, then you have the band. We had a 14-piece band, mm. so they wore their own things. And then you have female dancers and male dancers. The female dancers, their feathers, and for certain shows, like uh, we do a Brazilian show where they have ginormous feathers. And it's almost like uh, Victoria's Secret angels, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. that they'd have to wear. It. And they're so heavy. I don't even know how they dance with it. Like, they're extremely heavy. But so how long is a show on a given night? Um, we do, during the week, it depends, but on a weekend, you'll do about like, six shows each show is a half an hour long and then you have 15 minutes in between okay so is it the same are you wearing six different outfits that night no probably about two for a singer you wear about two depends yeah. on like how bad you're sweating if you really like want to change your oh, we wear wigs and stuff too like we get fun with it wow. we have fun wow. and if it's a certain song or a certain um production out of that point in time of the show then yeah we have designated um dresses that we need to wear um sometimes we have like headpieces, and the headpieces mm-hmm. are the worst. They're so heavy, but I love them. They, they actually make the outfit. They make your dress. We, we do a um, a samba show, and you know the singer wears a basket of fruit on her head, mm. and it's the heaviest 
basket of fruit you ever. The singer does. Yes. Wow. Mm -hmm. So wow. you're on stage trying to balance a basket of fruit on your head, sing to the crowd, and make sure everybody's enjoyable without falling down or anything. Mm, but it's so much fun. So then obviously over the course of a 30-minute show, you're not going to have to go change during the show. It's just no. when it's done, maybe you sweat too much and you have to change in time for the next one. Yep, or uh, they'll start with a certain song. They're like, hey, you need to be wearing this for this song. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, you know, do they... T so how many singers are there in one show? Um, typically, there's about three girls, two boys. Because would they tell the three girls, okay, the three of you are all wearing this tonight? It used to be like that. <laughs> and then we realized it's so much better if we all individually look different so people ah, can tell us apart. <laughs> okay, okay. So instead of, you know, everybody black shorts and gold bras, now it's like, okay, you can have black shorts, but, you know, have a blue bra on. And you can have, you know, blue shorts okay. on and have a black bra. Like, so then I wonder, as it relates to the bigger picture for the, for the Ms. Tina Perez singing career, mm -hmm. do you ever have somebody, you know, I'm holding up air quotes, listeners, sorry, I forgot you can't <laughs> see this, um, you know, somebody of importance or even, or even someone like me who's not important that says, I want to interview that girl or I want to record with that girl or she has a great voice, I want to talk to her about performing at some event. Does word ever some trick of, hey, the girl in the gold bra and the black shorts, I want to talk to her after, do you get opportunities yeah. like that? Yeah, we used to do it all the time. It'd be like, um, the girl with the ponytail that's on stage or, you know, the girl with the, with the red shorts on, can we talk to her? And mm -hmm. I used to get a lot of business cards, but it's just so hard to, when you're in a production that big, it's very hard. Even in between, when you get your 15 minutes, in those 15 minutes, you're downing a bottle of water. Oh, you know what I mean? Right. You're changing, you're fixing your makeup because now you have to look great to go back on for your next half an hour again. Yeah. So it's so hard for me or for anybody to go down into the crowd, even just to take a picture. You're like, okay, counting down the minutes until you have to be back stage again wow. to be back on stage. Well, so here's, you know, and, and, and I realized recently that I do a horrible job of promoting myself on this podcast. When I first launched it, it was supposed to be a marketing tool for my business because that's what I do. I, I do management promotion and booking nice. for artists. And I know that one of the valuable services that I provide is to weed out the people who are kind of seedy and who like, no, you don't really want to do anything with her. You just want to like be around her for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the people who actually do have a valuable opportunity. And so my clients will say, well, this is Bruce. This is who I work with. Contact him. He's really good about getting all the details for me and he'll let me know what the opportunity is. So because you do have to run back and forth so much, finish your performance, maybe, maybe pose for a picture or two, but down the water, freshen your hair and makeup. When you look at all those business cards, how I'm curious to, to learn, how do you determine which ones you say, I think I actually want to follow up with this person? I do a lot of Googling, mm -hmm. a lot of Googling. Mm -hmm. And I feel like social media is so big now. If you don't even have a social media or, you know, there has to be something on a person. So I want to Google you. I want to know your background. And like you said, is it even worth my time? Right, right. You know? Well, and listeners, I'm, I'm having Tina say this not only so that I can learn, but so that you can too. Because if you're an up-and-coming performer, if you're an aspiring entertainer, and people are hitting you with business cards, the natural inclination is to go, wow, this person wants to work with me. But right. there has to be some sort of system to filter them out to say... You know, do they really have my best interests at heart, or do they just have their their wallet, their bank right. account at heart? Mm -hmm. So that's that's interesting to hear. Um, and you know, the other tip that I'll give out 
is that I always say, you know, if you look at someone's social media and they have tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of followers, and yet you look at their posts and they get very, very little engagement, well, they probably just bought those followers and they're right. not real people. So don't be fooled by someone having 20,000 Twitter followers if their last six tweets have gotten one like on each one. Exactly. <laughs> um, so There's a lot of that. <laughs> talk about the difference between being part of an elaborate production, like what is done at Mangoes, mm-hmm. versus being the only person on stage, whether it's doing a cover song or performing one of your own original songs. And then also, you know, maybe what from Mangoes is transferable over to you singing somewhere by yourself? I honestly loved what I learned from Mangoes because... I was always good on stage, but I felt like Mangoes made me great on stage mm. because it was such a big production and you had to always be engaged with the, the customers and make sure everybody had a good time. Like you really couldn't be scared at all. Like literally at all. Yeah, you that's can't when, be the girl that wants went, to blend into the background on right. stage. That's when my whole thing about, um, you know, the audience scaring me went out the window mm. because it's like, oh, hey, well, I'm on stage anyway, so... You're going to have to look at me anyway. <laughs> but um, I just bring that same attitude when I do my own stuff. And I feel like if you can engage an audience and just, even if they don't know your lyrics or, you know, they've never heard the song a day in their life. If you show them attention, they'll show you attention. Because from the pictures that I've seen on social media, do y'all actually bring people up on stage from the crowd? Yeah. And so you're right up close interacting with them, and they have to have a good experience. They can't say, the, the girl singer that I was standing next to, she seemed like she didn't even want to be there. Right. <laughs> wow, wow. That's, that's great. And, and again, I mean, you've just had, you've had like a whole career's worth of training in, I'm saying a short amount of time. I mean, it's probably over seven or eight years, but yeah, still. Yeah, it's like 10 years. Yeah, that's terrific. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me on location today here in Orlando, Florida, is singer, songwriter, entertainer Miss <laughs> Tina Perez. Hey. You can find her music on SoundCloud as well as by checking out her Reverb Nation page. Plus, of course, she is very active on social media, as I mentioned before, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and her YouTube channel. Do not adjust your sets. I really did say she has more than 4,300 subscribers, so check her out on there. As a matter of fact, there's a video I saw of you winning a competition from like a casino something yeah. and that was really cool too so it was actually before i moved to florida and i was an employee in atlantic city in one of the casinos in borgata and they did an employee talent show so when you say or when i say casino i'm talking maybe well over ten thousand employees or wow. maybe like seven thousand employees wow yeah, it's a huge casino. And were you say like, oh, I was just a cocktail server, but it was a uh, employee talent show, and they did it? Or were you doing any kind of entertainment in the casino already? No, not in that casino. But um, I would do things in the other casinos. Like if ah. somebody was like, hey, you know, we need a singer for a small gig, or you know, an acoustic set or something, I'd be like, oh yeah, of course. Wow. Yeah, casinos wow, are always looking great. for things like that. <laughs> Uh, don't forget uh, Amazon. Go there through nhte.net, the banner there, our Patreon campaign, uh, our Facebook group. There are buttons for both of those at nhte.net. Write in via the email address podcast at nhte.net. Sign up for our newsletter. Use the icons to go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or TuneIn if you don't want to sit in front of nhte.net and listen to it through your computer. And, of course, our social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Uh, so, Tina, 
we were talking about you singing alone. Mm-hmm. I have been mentioning the big number of subscribers that you have on YouTube. Uh, there have been a couple guests on this show recently talking about getting lots of views on YouTube videos where it's just because they seemed, they, they told me they felt like they just picked the right song and it resulted in them getting a lot of views. And you seem to really like doing a lot of covers too, yes? Yeah, Cover I love videos. doing covers. Well, how, how do you choose what songs you want to make a video of? Is there any kind of strategy that that you use or is it just I like the song or it's popular now or how do you decide I try to stay recent but I mean I just like what I like and a lot of times I'll hear a song and I'm like wow this would really sound good like acoustic and then I'll do a cover of it and people are like what is that song I've never even heard that song before like that's amazing I'm like oh it's this song and then of course you get you know your really good picks you're like oh let me pick something that's off the radio that everybody can sing along to Mm -hmm. and I feel like those are the ones that get a lot of views but it sounds like you're saying that that you like to put your own Tina Perez spin on a song instead of I like this song so I'm going to sing it just like it was recorded yeah no 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 no. (laughs) I like to do it my way (laughs) oh that's good and that's you know that helps your your marketing and your individuality and for people to say in some cases, like, I'm not, I'm not even sure if I know what the song is, but gosh, I love this girl's voice. I've had that happen so many times. Like, I don't even know what song that was, but you sound amazing. I'm like, thank you. I was going to say that that probably does make you feel only good, right? Because I, I would think that it wouldn't bother you that, that here you are going, it's such and such by so and so. And you don't even know that. I think, would am I right that the inclination is, I'm so thrilled that they're happy with my voice. Right. Exactly. And at the same exact time, I feel... Like, I don't want to be compared to somebody. So if they're like, well, she doesn't even sound like Rihanna, so I'm not going to listen to the uh, song. You know, uh, things like that. Like, I'd yeah. rather have a song that nobody knows, so that way wow. they can hear and be like, wow, that was good. Wow, good for you. you I know? like that. Yeah, that's smart. Uh, I said in the intro that you're also a vocal producer and an engineer. Yes. How, when, and where did you develop those skills? Uh, I love vocal producing. I'm very much one into harmonies and uh, melodies and just arranging things. I'm very in my head when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. So when I say I write a song and I can already hear it in my head, You're I record it exactly. and everything, yeah, harmonies. Everything, everything. And then um, engineering, I got certified in charter tech in my high school. That was one of our courses. Wow. Yeah, so I just kept going along with it. And I actually want to um, keep going because we got certified for like a certain point. And I just kept going with it. And I was like, well, I really like engineering. I like the fact that I could do everything myself and I don't have to spend studio money anywhere when I can make it sound exactly the same way in my bedroom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I thought that was wow. pretty cool. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I, I, I feel bad. I feel like I should know about this high school in New Jersey <laughs> because it sounds like they offered you so much. Yeah, they did. You know, myself being over in Tampa, everyone knows there that Blake High School is the big one in town. But... Uh, you know, what you're describing is almost, and this isn't an endorsement, but the school has been mentioned a number of times on the show before, but it but it almost sounds like a full-sale university type situation where... It's almost exactly like that. Yeah, yeah. But, but at the high school level. It, yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. tremendous. So uh, so then I'll ask, um, what, what do you record on at home? Uh, what I kind use, of gear, what kind of software? I use Pro Tools, then I use Mbox um, for my interface, and then I have a Rhodes mic. But I feel like when it comes to like plugins and things like that and, you know, compressors and stuff, that's what makes it sound studio quality. I've heard, you know, my friend 
record on GarageBand that comes already included in your Mac. And then he'll send me, you know, the WAV files. I put it in, I engineer it, and I can send it back. I can make anything sound great. <laughs> that uh, sounds so bad, but yeah. I'm impressed. <laughs> I can make I'm it impressed. sound really good. <laughs> I mean, you know all the lingo. You're not, you know, this is not a hobby for you. I mean, you no, know yeah, all the lingo, is... and you're, I mean, you're wearing what you're wearing. I was going <laughs> to say you've got your sleeves rolled up, but it's just a, <laughs> just a figure of speech. So the songs of yours that we are playing in today's show, you have them labeled as rough edits. That would imply yeah. to me that you're working on new music. I mentioned back in the intro that you did an EP two years ago. So am I correct in yes. sensing that that maybe there's a new Miss EP on the way? And, <laughs> yes. and, and if so, you know when might the listeners expect to see it? How many songs might there be? Are you doing it alone? Who are you working with if you're not alone, etc.? Um, songwriting wise, I'm working alone, and then uh, production wise, I'm just everywhere, dipping into every pot. Because I'm such a fan of just music generally. Like, every type of music, I appreciate it all. And I want to incorporate that into my music. Even though it's pretty hard, people are like, oh, well, you need a brand, you need a certain genre that you need to sing, you need... No. I want to do everything. <laughs> so this next EP is going to be a little bit different. Like, the last one was, you know, very pop R&B-ish. You know, this one I want to go mainstream. I want to dip into EDM. I want to dip into acoustic music. I want to dip into, you know, my my usual R&B, which is what the listeners are listening to. Mm -hmm. But like you said, they are rough edits, so I don't know what's going to make the cut and what's not. Like, okay. I like to record about 50 songs and then make my way down. Be like, wow. this is it. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that's mm -hmm. a big number. So what about... Um, You've never had a desire to, to play any instruments, or where do you come down on that? Um, I took piano lessons when I was about 12, and then my piano teacher found out that I could sing, and that was the end of my piano ah, lessons. okay, <laughs> and, and decided that yeah. your instrument from now on is your is voice. Is my voice, <laughs> yeah. Very good. Well, we're going to close today with a song of yours called Illusion. I, I like this song a lot. Um, before we let you go, if you would, just tell the listeners all about this one. Illusion. I think it's so much fun. It's such a summertime, uh, happy, happy song. But it's not really a happy song. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's basically about a girl, and you know, she's just telling the guy like, "Hey, am I feeling for you? What I'm really feeling for you, or it's just just an illusion? Mm. Like, you need to let me know." <laughs> yeah. So it's 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 a sort of uh, the, the, the message has some tension to it yeah. but yet you decided I'm still going to put a melody to it that's very fun and right I wanted I wanted to make it seem as light as possible no matter how deep or not deep the lyrics are because the concept alone for me I feel like it's deep you know there's so many people who are like well do I really feel this way about you or are you just tricking me or mm -hmm. not like let me know and then I was just like, mm, I don't want to go that sad with it, so let me make it sound fun. <laughs> but some, I love it. For some reason, I'm thinking of that old expression, are you Mr. Right or are you just Mr. Right now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm very detail-oriented, so I'm going to double back to the question that I asked um, because I don't feel like I know the answer after after listening to your answer. Okay. The EP, do you know, are you trying to target when you want to have it out by? I mean, certainly going from 50 songs all the way down to four or five it'll, I mean, that's, it'll take some time yeah i mean i know eps are about, supposed to be about four or five songs long so maybe i'll do an lp ah. i don't know i don't know because ah. <laughs> like you said 50 songs to go down to like five songs it's so difficult 
But if I could at least go down to 12 songs. Well, see, you know? and now, now you're a girl after my own heart because you're being a promoter. Because what you're doing is you're leaving enough mystery that the <laughs> listeners are just going to have to continue to follow you online exactly. to watch for you to put news out about what you're recording, when it might be out, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good and job. now that we just mentioned Illusion, Illusion is not out yet, but I guess it's out now. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been great, and I really appreciate you making the time to do this. It was awesome course, meeting you, no and problem. wish you the best so much of luck. Fun. <laughs> Listeners, that will do it for this week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. I am truly grateful to singer songwriter Ms. Tina Perez. Aww, do check thanks. out her music on SoundCloud, as well as by visiting her Reverb Nation page, and engage with her on social media. So that means follow her on Twitter, follow her on Instagram, subscribe to her YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell her you heard her and her music on Now Hear This Entertainment. As I just said, keep up with Tina online to watch for news that she puts out as she continues to work on new music. And if you're in the Orlando area at any point, check out Mangoes, and you might just get to see Tina performing there. Don't forget to visit www.nhte.net and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio too, hopefully accompanied by a five-star rating. That really does help the show a lot. If you're listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and repost is how you share episodes there and you can also follow on soundcloud engage with the show too go to nhte.net and click on the icon to go join the facebook group you can also write in via the email address podcast at nhte.net get with us on the various social media platforms that you'll find links to at nhte.net instagram twitter facebook and youtube Please also consider supporting the show with a donation through Patreon. There's a button at nhte.net for that. And check out the t-shirts and hats at nhte.net too. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song by Ms. Tina Perez. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Illusion.
watch, can't watch It's an illusion